Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is episode 272. And I'm really excited today because it's just us kids. Me and Amanda Powell here flying solo on 272. Great to have you here today, my awesome co-host, Amanda. How things been going? Oh, they've been going pretty good. Yeah, weather's finally cooling down in Texas, so we're feeling good. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's no longer over 100 every single day in Austin, which is a good thing, right? Not every day, just 90s, just, just 90s. So we're basically into fall now, feeling good. Oh my God, 90s, that's crazy. Like here, it's it was 42 last night and we uh, left all the windows open. And unfortunately, you know, the guy who made the bed only put on like the sheet and the comforter. So I woke up like completely freezing, but uh, slightly different down in Austin right now. But the fall is the best time to actually visit where you guys are at and you're... Oh, yeah. But we've got this thing called winter that's coming up in about a month or so. So yeah. the heck so knows what's going to happen snow or there. something? What's that called? There's this thing <laughs> called snow, yeah. Although we don't get it that much on Cape Cod, but in this whole area we do. So I think people yeah. are freaked out about that a little bit and what the transition is going to be like. But hey, just taking it one day at a time here. You that's know? all you can do. So we're actually in, in the midst of a pretty massive change here for perpetual traffic, which we talked about on last week's show a little bit with Aaron. And uh, yeah, we've we've got sort of a, a, a big switch, which you as the perpetual traffic listener is going to eventually see. It'll be sort of transparent to you, especially if you've been listening to the show for a while. But we're really changing how we brand and how perpetual traffic uh, looks to the outside world. Uh, in fact, we're going to be transferring uh, all the episodes and everything over to perpetualtraffic.com, which has been a longstanding, I think it was actually originally a Ryan Dice info product that I bought with when he sold it with Perry Belcher way back <laughs> when, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so that, that domain is going to be the new domain for perpetual traffic, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about that just because it's like the new in the show for 270 plus episodes. And I think this is going to be a real cool way to refresh and sort of reset and really amp up the content, not just necessarily always around Facebook and Instagram advertising or paid advertising, but all traffic is important for you as a business owner. So uh, yeah, I mean, Facebook and Instagram might be an easy way to just sort of go on your laptop and get some traffic immediately. But the stuff we're talking about today here is how you sustain a business. And search engine optimization and site structure is super important. It's something that we at Tier 11 screwed up when we first launched Tier 11. And it sounds like you faced some challenges as well when you first came over to Digital Marketer, which is astounding because we always sort of think of Digital Marketer as doing these kinds of things always right. And maybe it wasn't done quite the right way. 
which we're going to get into uh, here in just a second. But uh, we're now facing that fairly large challenge, you know, basically moving the store. You know, mm-hmm. from digital marketer over to perpetual traffic. And Amanda is right in the thick of that, helping engineer that process from behind the scenes. So I'll be really interested to, to find out exactly how you guys are doing it and the, and the challenges that you inevitably will face. Mm-hmm. So, so why don't we get right into it here? When you first started at Digital Marketer, you were charged with a pretty large task, weren't you, uh, with regard to the blog and how things actually worked at DM. So tell us a little bit about that and how you resolve <laughs> things, how things are sort of working right now. Yeah. And if anyone was at Traffic and Conversion Summit last year, I think I talked just a tiny bit about it then, essentially how we had to like restructure the entire digital marketer site when I started, or I convinced everyone to restructure this Which site. Which is no when small task. <laughs> no, it took, it took a, a bit of convincing. But basically what happened was the first thing I did when we were looking at where the traffic was coming from when I started about three years ago at Digital Marketers. I went and you know got access to Google Analytics and then was looking at where the traffic was stemming from. And they were these URLs that essentially were just had titles on them. There was no folder on them. So I was like, what are these URLs? I clicked through and I was like, oh, this is the blog. Mm-hmm. So I went to our analytics guy at the time and I was like, hey, how do I filter out the blog traffic so I can look at yeah. uh, kind all of a, the traffic. Kind of a blog. simple question. Yeah. And I find out how many people are visiting our blog. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because generally that's where you get from an organic perspective. Your blog is generally blog and product pages, I'd say, right. are where you get most organic traffic. Those are the pages you're trying to rank in Google and that you want people to hit when you they're searching for any kind of specific keyword or keyword phrase that's sure. related to your site. So unfortunately our analytics guy kind of started laughing and was like, oh, you you want to look at blog traffic, which on I mean, yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> when your analytics guy is laughing at you or you know, rolling his eyes, never a good sign. So what he does is he hands me a list or sends me a list of I I God, I think it was at least 50 or more exclusions to put into Google Analytics to essentially filter out every page of the website but the blog. Got it. (laughs) So exclusions. Yeah. There were exclusions because essentially because the blog didn't have a blog folder. So you had to exclude every page on the website except for the blog URL. (laughs) Unbelievable. So for people who aren't as familiar with site structure and hierarchy, tell us a little bit what an exclusion is and then what a folder is. And we all look at URLs every single day as we're, so these things were probably all of a sudden like, oh, I didn't realize that was that, but explain to the listeners exactly what those two things are. Yeah. So the exclusions are essentially any URL on the site, except for the URLs that you're trying to look at. So within Google Analytics, there are filters that you can set up within, I think, the audience tab and within the pages tab within Google Analytics, where you can filter out any page except for pages that you're trying to look at. And you do that, you filter by folder structure. 
So mm -hmm. basically on digitalmarketer.com right now, if you were on the perpetual traffic podcast folder, then our folder structure would be digitalmarketer.com and then you'd have a podcast folder and then mm -hmm. you'd have a perpetual traffic folder since mm -hmm. we have more than one podcast at Digital Marketer. So instead of just being able to look at, so if I wanted to see from a traffic perspective, all of the traffic from perpetual traffic, fortunately in Google Analytics, what I could typically do is, okay, I go to the filter in Google Analytics and I look at the podcast folder if I want to see all of the traffic for podcasts, or I look at the perpetual traffic folder if I want to see all of the traffic for perpetual traffic. It's super simple. But mm -hmm. what happens is if you don't have those folders, if we didn't, if we just had digitalmarketer.com backslash episode, you know, 272, and there's no folder structure, it's just whatever the title of the episode is or whatever the episode number is, instead of being able to filter by a perpetual traffic folder, I have to exclude every other URL that does have a folder that I can use to exclude it from the traffic I am actually trying to look at on digitalmarketer.com. So these are like all the product pages would be exactly. excluded and then your DM partners directory and exactly. like everything else. Like Everything else, which yeah. if anyone's ever looked at the like any form of an internal structure of a website, you would know that that obviously didn't work very well because you have URLs on the site that aren't even necessarily URLs that you're trying to build. You have image URLs that are populated just based on any image you put on a web page. You have, you know, form URLs in terms of you have secure URLs, you have sales pages that you don't necessarily want ranking in Google. So even with exclusions, even if you think you have all of the URLs, you typically don't because I'll tell you right now on digitalmarketer.com, I think we have about like, I think we're sitting total at like five or 6,000 URLs total on digitalmarketer.com because we have all of these different kinds of URLs that populate based on what we're building on the site. So these image URLs. So that comes to a total of 5,000 URLs, which there were about 50 exclusions. So obviously I was getting traffic, not just from the blog when I was trying to exclude every other page. But the really interesting thing, thing I think about this story was that when I asked, okay, wait a minute, like I'm not a, you know, data analyst by any means, but you, you and I both know here that this, this is not ideal. What no. are you talking about? Highly disorganized. <laughs> Highly but disorganized. When it first started, though, I mean, digitalmarketer.com was maybe like just digitalmarketer.com, you know, whatever the slug is, the URL after the forward slash, and that oh, was it. Like, yeah. it, it grew up over time. So eventually you need structure, which is a real problem for a business that starts off as a, you know, it's just ryan and richard or whatever it was way back when and then now it's like this large company it's really grown out into all these other branches lots of products lots of now podcasts obviously a blog mm -hmm. so this is a fairly common issue i would imagine for businesses that grow and are now sort of at a more mature phase 
Like you got to go back and fix this. But yeah. keep in mind, you've got like, what, 5,000 pages, something like that. I just did a quick like site colon digitalmarketer.com, <laughs> which is a good little trick to, to mm -hmm. figure out, you know, what a site actually has as far as how many pages or at least how many are indexed on, on Google. Mm -hmm. You guys have a lot of traffic, a lot of organic traffic and a lot of backlinks to your mm -hmm. URLs. So it's like, what the hell do you do? You got to you want to conserve that traffic as much as possible. And you know, the show is all about traffic, right? So this is a fairly Herculean task. I don't even know if that's the right word. But yeah, you're like Hercules. All of a sudden. Oh, God, <laughs> I, would, I don't know if I would use that analogy. But yeah, and I think, well, here's the scary part is that Ryan and Rich are pretty smart guys. And originally, we did have a blog folder. So when Digital Marketer started, there was a folder for the blog, there was a folder for products, there were, you know, it was a perfectly executed folder structure. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, I think we were redesigning the site is what happened. And we were working with an outside agency at the time, because it was still a very, very small team before I had even started at the company. And we were working with an outside agency to redesign the entire site. And mm -hmm. as anyone would know, as even you said when we started the podcast, Ralph, when you redesign a site, it gets very tricky <laughs> in terms of SEO. And what happened was it took longer than anticipated. It's essentially, you know, working with a, a company like that, it generally turns out into... I mean, I think the best analogy is like a con any kind of house construction project where it's always going to take two months, three months right. longer than you anticipate it would. Yeah, right. Yeah. It takes two years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it was taking longer than anticipated. And by the time they were finished, the team realized that the agency had not put a blog folder in the redesign. They had redesigned everything, I believe that's what happened, and got rid of the blog folder. And it had been so much time oh at that God. point that they just decided to leave it because they were so, I believe, just so frustrated with how long everything had taken. So they just had, they had to leave it in order just to like maintain sanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fortunately, we had. And, you know, a data analyst at the time who was able to figure out like, OK, I can get the gist of what traffic is coming in by using exclusions. So he knew enough to know that I can exclude these very specific pages because typically image URLs don't get a lot of traffic. And if they right. are, it's very minimal. So I can get a general idea of how much traffic is coming in using exclusions. And let's just move forward so that we can move on with our lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like this is not like the major issue right now. I can hack around the system and analytics to at least get some data on this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Right. But when I came in and from an SEO perspective, from an optimization perspective, when you want to start growing organic traffic, you obviously need a more specific way to track success. And in order to track success within analytics or, you know, any data platform that you're looking at, the best way to track success is through a folder structure so you know where traffic is coming from and exclusions aren't going to help, especially because, you know, at the time we were doing very in-depth pieces on the blog, which is actually a strategy that we're moving back towards right now. Sure. But in order to get a lot of traffic, our strategy when I started had to be so based in search and we mm -hmm. needed to start building so much more content and we were about to start 
within the next six months, just building out so many like search-based pieces of content that we needed to be able to rank for as a digital marketing company in Google. So there was no way exclusions were going to be able to work and we had to add a blog folder. But as you know, having started an SEO agency, having to redirect hundreds of (laughs) blog URLs that had previously been redirected at like less than a year before and then redirect them again back to a blog folder, you are... It's a death sentence in the SEO yeah. world. This is the reason why I got out of SEO, I think, Amanda, <laughs> like for reasons like this here. And hierarchy is super important. It was a super mm-hmm. important way back in the days of the dinosaur yeah. when I was doing this. But it's still important because it helps Google sort of logically read each folder. I mean, think exactly. of your folder like for perpetual traffic is forward slash podcast forward slash perpetual traffic. Mm -hmm. It's like folders, subfolders. It's like it makes a lot of sense. And so Google's like, all right, that's a podcast. All right, that's perpetual traffic. Somebody's searching for a perpetual traffic podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the URL itself. It's all the other things that are on page as well. But, you know, and the title, which is sort of at the end of that forward slash like, but this stuff matters, especially when you're trying to grow and get to the next level of your traffic for a search engine optimization for a really large site. This stuff is super important. And if you transition and you don't do it right, you might be losing a lot of organic, which is really highly intent-based in a lot of ways, tons and tons of long-tail keywords, which I'm sure we're bringing in a tremendous amount of potential customers for DM and DM lab. So this is a very large undertaking, especially with a site this size. Oh yeah, it's a large undertaking. And I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of like, it's just a roadmap for Google. And I think a term that SEOs use is like breadcrumbs for Google in terms of like, okay, I know that again, I know it's a podcast. I know it's perpetual traffic. I know this is a blog. I know this is a product page. I know this is the homepage. It's essentially just laying out a roadmap for Google. And when you don't have that folder structure, it's easy for Google to get really deep into your site in pages that you don't necessarily need them crawling or even really want ranking. So if you don't have that like overarching broad folder structure, you're basically sending Google or sending any kind of like bot, whether that's Google or Bing or Yahoo or any kind of crawler on a wild goose chase around links on your site because there's no structure for you to tell them, hey, this page is important. This page is a podcast. I want it ranking for these podcast keywords. And that's really, I mean, I feel like SEO is so much common sense. It's really just telling Google and knowing the terminology in terms of these are the pages I want ranking. So I'm going to optimize this way Mm -hmm. around these keywords as long as it makes sense to my customers and you're going to follow these links that I am putting specifically into the content so you know that this content is relevant. And when you don't have that structure there, you really have to go back and implement it. So what we did at Digital Marketer was after a few months of convincing, (laughs) (laughs) what we decided was, Actually, it had been about, I think it had been about two years, maybe a year and a half since the disaster that was the last redesign. So 
as a company, they decided, okay, we're going to redesign the site. And I decided as an SEO, if we're going to redesign the site, then we might as well redirect all of these blog URLs to the proper folder structure. And I say that because when you redesign a site, what happens in Google is that generally you're going to start getting re-ranked. So Mm -hmm. you're probably going to lose some traffic. You might gain some traffic, but at first beat, when you launch a redesign, you're probably going to see a little bit of a loss of traffic only because Google's recrawling your site and it's seen something different. And if it's seen something different across your entire site, it doesn't know where to rank you anymore because generally Google crawls your site. It understands the structure. It understands what it looks like. It knows where to place you. And then you move around the content or optimize the content in order to move your rankings up. So when it sees a completely different site and everything looked different in terms of images, in terms of where the content is placed, in terms of like new pages being added to your site, Google sees something different. So it has to take time to recrawl your entire site and essentially index that info, meaning that it just needs to collect the information that is your new site and then re-rank you where it deems appropriate. And hopefully, if you're redesigning the site, the content is better and everything looks better. So you will eventually rank higher, but it does take time for Google to understand where everything is and recrawl every page of your site and decide where to re-rank you in the search results because it just looks different. Right. They don't recognize it. They need to re-identify the content and figure out where that places in the search rankings. And Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. It, it is a lot of logic. I mean, how long, how long did it take, I guess, to kind of get things relatively back to normal? And maybe a precursor to that question is like, 
a 301 redirect, you and I know what they are, but maybe we can tell everyone exactly what it is. And there's different types of redirects. And what did you use? Did you use all 301s? Did you use different types? Like, mm -hmm. And then sort of how did it get back to somewhat normalcy? Because you guys are still obviously getting a lot of good organic traffic now. Yeah. So it really was like a long conversation because this is my favorite story to tell mm -hmm. of when I convinced Justin Rondo, who's the director of marketing at the time, I was like, okay, if we're going to redesign the site, I want the blog folder structure implemented. And I know that it's going to be a rough road ahead because we're going to have to redirect 500, 600 URLs in addition to redesigning the site. And we went to our developer to tell him that we were about to redesign the site and redirect to add a folder. And he said, you know, this is a death wish for SEO. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Just a death wish. And I was like, you know, Justin Rondo looked at me and I looked at our developer, Ray, and I was like, yes, I know. <laughs> I know Are what I'm willing about to, to do. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the dice on our careers here. Like if this doesn't work out. I know, I know what's about to happen. But to answer your question, the 301 redirect is essentially it'll take, it's just telling Google this content is either identical or a variation of this new URL. So you implement a 301 redirect, and 301 means is essentially just the number for SEO terminology. That means permanent. Mm -hmm. So a 301 is just a permanent redirect to a page that is either exactly the same or similar enough where you can pass authority from a page that has already been ranked in Google, or just even even if it's not ranking, it's already been crawled by a Google crawler. It's been on your site for a long time, and you're just permanently pushing it to a different URL right. or you know a different piece of content. So, for example, if we had a blog without a blog folder that was digitalmarketer.com, 101 best email subject lines. Mm -hmm. I am then going to permanently redirect that URL to digitalmarketer.com slash blog slash 101 best email subject lines. So that way I can then collect data. That content is exactly the same. It's just duplicating it, but telling Google this is not a duplication. It's permanently being pushed into a new URL. Got it. And the whole reason that they're saying this is a death sentence is because just like a redesign, when you redirect mass pages, essentially it's doing the same thing to Google. You're sending them to a different URL when they're hitting a URL that has previously been crawled on your website, and then you send them to a new URL. So it has to figure out where to re-rank you. And historically for SEO, because a you know URL on your site might have ranked previously in Google, you know there has been historic data of you will lose a bit of authority when you have to push your authority from a page that's ranked for so long to a brand new URL. Fortunately, that's not really the case anymore. Google will pass a full amount of authority over to a new URL. Yeah. It will, actually. I feel like, I think Moz or Neil Patel did like a whole uh, case study around like if it would actually pass the full amount of authority over. 
They did like a whole ranking, like analysis. It was maybe a year or so ago. But yeah, it is believed that the full authority will be passed at this point. But again, it will take time to re-rank you because there are brand new URLs that Google's crawling. So I feel like I'm droning on here with all my SEO nerdiness, but... When you're redesigning a site and redirecting 500 URLs and Google has to recrawl all of those URLs and recall a brand new site, yeah, it's a death wish. <laughs> you just don't know. I mean, it's like... You don't know what's you, about to happen. Google isn't going to... You aren't going to get on customer service on Google and say, you know, why didn't you re-rank, you know, my page that was number one for digital marketing? Exactly. Like, it, I know that's sort of a stupid thing to say, but it's true. I mean, obviously, I mean, you whenever you mess with a site, you're messing with potentially livelihood, traffic, mm-hmm. rankings, a yep. business, like this yep. is a big deal. So you are really taking a chance no matter what. I mean, it's good to hear that, you know, Neil and, and Moz have done some studies that show that it does get transferred fully, but still when you were doing it, there was definitely a risk here. Yeah, and what we did see, you know, in the end, exactly what we anticipated happened, happened is we saw a, significant drop in traffic because the site looked very different, which it looked way better than it did before. Like our in-house designers redesigned it beautifully and everything looked amazing. And the structure, I was able to actually get data on the blog again. Mm -hmm. And it took about, it took us about six months or so to get back and then above where we were before. So it took time, but fortunately you know, because we're a digital marketing company, you know, Rich, Ryan, and the executive team at the time, you know, told me like, okay, we we trust you and we know that SEO is the long game. And again, right. it took six months, but we are above where we were before because the folder structure makes sense to Google. The design looks better and fresh and, you know, the categories and structure of the site is more easily understandable, not just by a crawler, but also from a customer perspective where it's like, okay, I know what page I'm on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to design for both. I mean, you got to satisfy the Google gods, but also ultimately you're really designing for human beings going on the site and making sense of the content that you're creating. So, but six months is a long time. It is a long time. And and so you're saying that a lot of those pages that you 301 redirected, permanent redirects, Mm -hmm. are now ranking higher, getting more traffic than they were before, better design, which is very cool. Did you update the content as well as you were doing this massive restructure? Or was that like, yeah, we'll do that later? Because I know that can actually help with rankings as well. Something that, you know, was great and ranked in 2016. Obviously, there's probably going to be some updates along the way in 2020. Yeah. So I feel like this kind of goes along with my like career at Digital Marketer. So basically what we did was, okay, we fixed our structure. So I felt really confident about the technical perspective of SEO on the site. Once we had the redesign in place, they added all of the tags I wanted on the back end in terms of any social tags so that I can make sure that Facebook was appropriately like, you know, op- not optimizing, but Facebook was appropriately, you know, showing our content so that mm-hmm. it appeared the correct way in Facebook. And I okay. added all of those tags on the back end and we've changed the blog folder structure. So I felt really confident 
And then the next step in the process of if you're trying to optimize for SEO is content. Like you just have to optimize your content. So at that point, actually at the end of that year, I was fortunately able to take on the content team. So I was able to gain two members of the team for social and for content. And we really just heads down and got to work in terms of promoting our content on social and really focusing on not only building brand new content that was really search worthy, but then exactly like you said, Ralph, starting to optimize and update any old content that was really well ranked before, but Mm -hmm. might've been from a year ago or two years ago that we needed to update quickly because Google was recrawling the site and Google was trying to re-rank us and we needed to update that content so it was as fresh as possible so we could get back into the search results. So really it became, okay, you implement the technical, now we have to like heads down and start optimizing as quickly as possible and make sure our content is the best it can possibly be. So when we do get re-ranked, we're ranked where we wanna be. Right. Right. Do do you think the improvement in traffic and the growth and and search rankings was a combination of all of those things, structure, design, as well as updating the content on the site? Or was it any one particular thing more than another? Or what's your sense? Oh, I think it's a combination of everything. Okay. And I think that's what you know, I think hopefully that's what any SEO would tell you in terms of like You know, it was also, I think I just wrote a post on the blog. It was also very much involved of our paid traffic was very much involved in terms of like our traffic was going down because we were cutting budget from Facebook and Google ads. So it really is a culmination of so many things. And you'll, I think that's why it's so easy to get frustrated with SEO because there are so many factors that can affect it. So when something does go wrong or you get a slight hit from a Google algorithm update, it's not just necessarily one thing that you can focus on, you know, snap your fingers and say, oh, fixed. Now Mm. I can get everything back on track. It's, you know, okay, Is my content optimized? Okay, well, maybe the site speed has fallen slightly, so I need to fix that. Okay, well, we also pulled back on our paid spend, so that could possibly be affecting it. I mean, Google has thousands of ranking factors at this point. I mean, the algorithms are so complex. Crazy. But from from an SEO perspective, from a search perspective, I think that's what makes it fun because it's almost like playing some kind of video game in terms of like, okay, what do I need to tweak to make my content rank? And, you know, it is going to be a culmination of everything. (laughs) Which they do on purpose. They absolutely do it on purpose. I think that's such a good point because it didn't used to be like that. And it's like that for a reason so that it's fair to sites and you have an easier chance to rank because what used to happen before is that, okay, the algorithm used to be if you have a whole bunch of backlinks, like external sites pointing to your site, then you get ranked higher. And it's just the number of backlinks that are pointing to your site. So people found ways around it, right? Like anyone would do. So they built what 
was historically called as link farms, which was just like thousands of fake websites sending thousands of links back to your site. They weren't necessarily any kind of legitimate link. They were just essentially spam links. But the number of links pointing to the site made a site rank. And it was the same thing with keywords. Like people would turn the text white and put the keyword digital marketing a thousand times at the bottom of the page. So a customer yep. couldn't see it, but Google could crawl it and see it and it would rank for digital marketing. So mm. there's a very specific reason why it's like a culmination of all these ranking factors because it didn't historically used to be like that. It used to be like the number of times a keyword is on the page, the number of backlinks pointing to a site, the number of times you use a you know, specific keyword or like how many clicks are specifically getting to your site. If it's not a culmination, then it's these spammers that are going to be ranking at the top of Google for every keyword search. So Google has become wise to that. And you have to become wise to that in terms of taking it one step at a time and saying, okay, this structure is not right. I'm going to fix this. Okay, take a breath. Now I'm going to optimize my content and focus on my content. Okay, now my content is good so I can start running it in my Facebook and my Google and my Instagram ads and start ramping up spend because I feel like my content is, you know, optimized enough where people will get value from it. So now I can run it in ads. So now I can ramp up spend. So now, you know, it's such a, it's a such process, a, but yeah. it it's a circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's perpetual. It's, you might say it's perpetual. You might say it's perpetual. <laughs> it really seems like Google figured this out between like mid to like 2005 and 2012. There was always like an update all the things that you mentioned, there was always one thing, like if you got backlinks from a backlink farm, not that I ever bought hundreds or thousands of those, <laughs> or if you put digital marketing a hundred times on your footer, you know, in mm -hmm. white lettering so they didn't see it. Not that I ever did that either. I mean, I can't <laughs> believe you bring these things up. But the point was, is like once you started figuring out like what's the latest trick and I was mm -hmm. in all those groups, all those you know, forums of like, what's the latest thing? You would just mm. plow through it and do it and get ranking for one site or two sites and yep. like, yeah, I figured it out. And then all of a sudden the next update would come and boom, you're gone. You're on page yep. <laughs> 738 or you get deranked, mm -hmm. you know, entirely. So it's like Google has really figured this out, not necessarily because they want to stop like, you know, black hat SEOs, but it's like, if you are forcing the issuer or exploiting one little loophole in the algorithm, Google really isn't doing its job of serving up the best, most relevant content. Exactly. We can say they did it to stump SEOs, like not necessarily. Yeah, did that factor in? And, and it, absolutely, it certainly did. But at the end of the day, like if you're going to Google search something, you want the best, most relevant, most recent you know, content to your search. Mm -hmm. So that Google will be more helpful so that they can sell more ads on the right hand or like, you know, and right on the top. I used to say on the right hand rail, right on the top. So the point is, is like this all works for the user's benefit, which makes it really challenging to figure out one little thing. Oh, this one tip is going to be the thing that's going to help rank me. It's now a thousand different things, which yep. like you said, it's like a puzzle you're trying to figure it out or a video <laughs> game, which makes it really interesting. Exactly. And how this relates now, like that was an enormous task. Mm -hmm. But now we're sort of, you know, you've obviously figured this out. You guys are obviously optimizing and updating content as, as you go on Digital Marketer. Now we have this task of doing the same thing, not from Digital Marketer to a Digital Marketer folder, but from Digital Marketer 
to a new URL, perpetual traffic. That's right. Like, how is that going to work? And you've just sort of started this journey right now. What's your What's your sense of the challenges that you're going to face? And, and what do we want to sort of keep as, you know, a to be continued as we finally do launch this thing? Yeah, it will definitely be to be continued. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's funny because we were having this conversation yesterday. I was actually having this conversation with one of our marketing managers who's going to be kind of porting everything over from digitalmarketer.com to our brand new you know, URL of perpetualtraffic.com where we actually get to have our own domain and our own website, which is so exciting because we get this like brand new, fresh, you know, domain where you can come and just listen to perpetual traffic. So cool. But the challenge that you face as an SEO is that all of the perpetual traffic episodes that live on digitalmarketer.com have gained quite a bit of traffic and have quite a bit of authority. I mean, we are on episode 272 mm -hmm. and that's 272 episodes that have sat on digitalmarketer.com and gained backlinks from sites that are, you know, interested in the topics that we're talking about and have, you know, been shared across our social channels and are ranking for very specific keywords on the digital marketer domain. So the question that is in front of us is, okay, how are we going to transfer this authority? Because while you can pass, you know, a full amount of authority, it is a little concerning because we do have to pass it to a different domain right. name. So while you can pass authority using a 301 redirect from one page on the website, digitalmarketer.com to digitalmarketer.com slash blog, that's within the same domain. You're passing authority. So even if we essentially lost any authority, you're still passing it back and forth within the, the same, same domain. domain. Right. Yep. Exactly. So right now the challenge is, okay, we're about to rip, you know, 272 pages from Digital Marketer and put it on a brand new domain that has never existed before has no authority besides the keyword has authority, but the domain has no authority because it hasn't existed before. It can't have any authority. There's no content on the website. There's nothing of that sort. So the concern is, okay, what is going to happen to traffic and ranking at digitalmarketer.com? So there are a few different options we're considering. And the first is that we leave the perpetual traffic episodes on Digital Marketer and still duplicate them across perpetual traffic. And if anyone has any kind of knowledge of SEO, you would know that duplication of content is not good in Google's eyes. Essentially, if it sees duplicate content, it will just decide which one to rank, which can and will obviously hurt you in the search results. And Google does that for obvious reasons of if you stole someone's content, then it want, it's not going to rank both of them. So it's only going to just pick which one to rank. So in order to avoid that, you use something called a canonical tag. And basically the canonical tag, it's really simple. The word sounds extravagant and annoying, but the canonical tag is essentially just telling Google, hey, I know this content is all is duplicated and you can see this content in two different places this is the URL you actually want to rank. I'm just using this content as a placeholder for something else. So the first, you know, kind of option that we have is leave the content on digitalmarketer.com, duplicate it onto perpetualtraffic.com and put a canonical tag 
on all of the episodes on perpetual traffic and just tell Google that the original URL is digitalmarketer.com and you can still see that content on digitalmarketer.com. We understand that it's duplicated. We're putting this here so we can start to gain some traction with our audience and start to gain some authority. Now, the problem with that is, is that eventually, you know, we're going to have to redirect these URLs. They cannot live on digitalmarketer.com forever. So our second option, while we can wait to gain authority and gain traffic on perpetualtraffic.com, as we just talked about, Ralph, it can take, you know, six months to a year. And that's just, you know, a site that has existed and has a lot of authority. Perpetual traffic does not have, you know, anything to its name just yet. We have to build that authority using different marketing techniques outside of SEO. So in order to do that, we're going to have to rip those pages eventually. And that's the real question. And that's the real question is, do we just lose the traffic now and lose the rankings and push it to perpetual traffic and give perpetual traffic that authority, give perpetual traffic those rankings, you know, hopefully give perpetual traffic those rankings because Google right. will have to re-rank and decide where it's re- where it wants to re-rank it. Or do we leave it and try to do it slowly and start to redirect? And, you know, it's a toss up in terms of what you want to do because eventually we're going to lose that traffic on digitalmarketer.com. So we could lose the traffic slowly or we could lose it all at once. And it's really kind of a decision that I'm hemming and hawing on right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't envy you on that one either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I always called it the rel canonical. Maybe it's just the canonical now, but it's the rel canonical. Yeah. Front of the tag. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Like all these little tiny little SEO terms. I'm like, Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. But no, I mean, this is a big decision because I mean that you're, it's the unknown. It is. I mean, obviously, you guys have done an analysis of perpetualtraffic.com. It probably doesn't have any page rank. I haven't done a page rank checker on it or anything like that. There's no authority. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it, you know, was it shot at by all kinds of spammy links from all those <laughs> like crazy, like black hat SEO tools way back when? And it's yeah. going to be penalized by Google. Like, nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a, uh, and chances are, if Perry and Ryan were promoting a, 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 you know, a product on that, chances are there was some black hat stuff going on. <laughs> way back when. It's no doubt about it, especially with Perry. <laughs> so could be some interesting things happening. Could be some interesting things. Well, this is what keeps you on your toes, and you it know, does. You know, yeah, this is what makes SEO fun. It's like all of this really is a mystery. I mean, anything that we talk mm-hmm. about on the show, I think that's the reason why we do it because you just don't really know. Yeah. And it's that's the challenge. It sort of stretches you to become, in your case here, a better SEO, a better content marketer, but also sort of unravel this mystery. How is this thing going to sort of work out yeah. at the same time? And I'm sure it'll all work out just fine. At the end of the day, it's about providing content to people that's relevant and useful. You just want Google to come along for the ride. Exactly. And obviously, that's that's an important thing from a traffic perspective. So it sounds like that's more to come on a future episode once we like flip the switch yeah. on the rel canonicals. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. we shall see. We shall see. (laughs) Or you guys will see based on where you you can find the URLs. I feel like you'll be the first to know exactly what decision we make. This is like an SEO reality show right here. It is. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Maybe that would just be fun for me. (laughs) Actually, this still is really interesting. The reason why Facebook is so much easier 
That's the only reason why I switched See, I over on 13. I don't know. Yeah. It makes so much sense. I feel like it makes so much sense once you understand it, but, you know, yeah. learning it, I don't know. <laughs> well, all you have to do is put in a credit card and you get traffic. That's all I know on Facebook. So whether it's the right traffic, uh, whether it converts is a whole other thing. And we've got 270 plus episodes about that. So, yeah. well, this has been great. And I think, you know, the story of, of you and Digital Marketer when you first started is totally relevant to what we're doing right here. And this is an exciting time for us. We're really excited about it. I mean, we've been doing this show for quite some time. And I think the the fresh rebrand and on its own domain and, mm-hmm. you know, the questions of like, hey, Ralph, do you work for Digital Marketer? Hopefully that'll <laughs> never happen ever again. I don't work for Digital Marketer. I work for some other company. But no, this is going to be really cool. And obviously the SEO portion of it and you being front and center and being the co-host of the show is super cool. <laughs> and you're an so, honorary member of Digital Marketer Ralph. <laughs> I feel like I am. I feel like I am. At this yeah. point, it's for sure. <laughs> it's, it's been so it's been five years. I'm like, holy That's crap. Crazy. <laughs> so well, cool. This has been great. This has been episode 272, of course. And for all the show notes, as of right now, head on over to digitalmarketer.com <laughs> forward slash podcast forward slash perpetual traffic. And then you'll see our our whole hierarchy there. For this week's show 272 and we'll put some links in there some of the helpful links that amanda had mentioned from our friends over at moz and neil and a bunch of other things from google and uh, this is a super important episode for anybody who's not necessarily just running paid traffic but you know your site traffic and how you actually structure your site is super important obviously with a site like digital marketer it's a tremendously high authority site and a lot of pages Maybe your 301 redirects won't be as challenging as the ones that uh, Amanda has faced here, but this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be uh, talking about in coming episodes here at Perpetual Traffic. So head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 272. Thank you, Amanda Powell, for bringing it this week. <laughs> Always fun to nerd out. Always yeah. fun. <laughs> I love SEO nerding out. This has been great. And until next week, we'll see you. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.